truly ready for the Word. Alrighty, we're going to continue our series on Real Talk. Say that with me real quick. Say Real Talk. Have you ever had to just sit down and have a conversation with someone and get really real with them? Have you ever had to bring the truth to someone even though they didn't want to hear the truth? Anybody ever had to have those type of conversations before? I know that I've had to being a pastor. I'm going to go ahead and let you know this right now. Being a pastor is not me just working on Sunday and Wednesday night. Me being a pastor is more than just preaching and kissing the babies on top of the head. Me being a pastor is also dealing with conflict. I have to deal sometimes with people that get upset with me over certain things in life. There's going to be days I upset one of you throughout this congregation, but guess what? I love every single one of you, but if I didn't upset you, we wouldn't be human. So please understand that knowing that sometimes we have to have a sit down, real talk kind of conversation. And that's what this series is really all about. Well, Pastor Mike, I really want a copy of this to where I can share it with someone. Well, guess what? Starting today, we are starting a podcast. What is a podcast? Some of you might ask. A podcast is just a sermon copy of the audio of this sermon. And it's being right now recorded so others can hear it all across this world. So last week we did Facebook Live. We've been trying different things. And I'll be honest with you, we had a little bit of shaky hands and different things. And until we can get the technology that we need to do that, I'd rather do the podcast. Amen? But we're going to have the Word of God go out. Say, welcome, Welcome. world. world. All right, they're listening to you right now and they're listening to me. So you got to help me amen some, okay? Okay, I'm just kidding with you and messing with you this morning. But today I'm going to be speaking a message entitled, Simply Put, Spilling the Tea. I don't know if any of this generation out here truly knows what that means. Spilling the tea. Now I'm not talking about spilling iced tea on the floor because that's a tragedy. Anytime there's iced tea spilled on the floor, that is not a good day. Not because of the cleanup, but because of that was a, probably a good glass of tea that was still on that floor. But spilling the tea to this modern generation means something completely different. It means they got news. It means they got something to talk about. Okay? That means if we've got to spill the tea, that means we've got something we need to talk about. If, the, if you hear another kid saying to you, hey, I need to spill the tea to you, that does not mean they're going to spill tea on you. Amen? That means they've got something to bring to you. And you're like, well, Pastor Mike, why in the world would you call it this? Because I need to bring something to your attention today. I need to bring something to you that can change your life forever if you listen. Last week we talked about mental illness and we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end today to bring it back around and loop all of this. is all connected together. But today we're going to talk about the true gospel. The true gospel. I need my Pentecostal people to hear me today. This might be a tough message for some of us in here. Because it was a tough one for me. This is not a message I wanted to hear. 
Now, when I say tough, it doesn't mean I'm going to be in your face yelling and screaming and, and stepping on your feet. I'm just saying to take in what the Lord has for us to hear today and the Scripture. It might be something that will change our heart in a way to where we understand what the Gospel really is. So, this is what I want us to do. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. And if you'll stand to your feet as we get ready one more time to go before the Lord with the reading of His Word. This is Paul speaking, of course, to the church at Corinth. This was his first letter. And Corinth was a church that you could almost say was more charismatic than they were gospel-centric. And he had to remind them sometimes that the centristic value of the gospel was more important than the outward expression of what was going on. Do you hear what I'm saying today? That the gospel message mattered more than what was being displayed in the church. Because what's being displayed at the church could change week after week after week. But the gospel never changes. Amen? So we read this today, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not palatable words of wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but what? In the power of God. Lord, let this Word be true. Let this Word come out the way You would want it to. Let You speak and me sit down. And Lord, when it's all said and done with, we'll give You the praise for the anointing which flows today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. You can be seated in the house today. I noticed something last week while I was watching my Facebook Live message. When I preach, I get excited and I talk really fast. And I was like, whoa, Mike, you're going to have to slow yourself down. So if you're like, he is going a little bit slower than normal today. I realized that I sounded like a race engine boom, going down the highway. And to some of the words you couldn't hear. So if you say... Well, Pastor Mike, you seem a little bit slower. I need you to hear what God has to say. We see Paul speaking right here saying that he didn't come to the church with wisdom from himself. But he came only to preach or to bring to them Christ and Him crucified. I want to ask a question and this is a question that can be troubling. Within the house of God, are we still preaching the gospel, the true gospel? Are we trying to make people feel better about themselves? Are we trying to let people make it by without bringing the gospel in? Because I want to let you know the gospel is a message that will change who you are. And I'm going to go ahead and say it the way that I know it. We're seeing a bunch of people come into church not changing. 
We're seeing people come into church and they're getting messages that are being preached to them that lull them to sleep by some. Now, if you're listening right now to this podcast, I'm not talking about you probably. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there's some out there that rather would pe that people would be happy than God. We have some ministers that are out there on the national scene, and I'm not someone who name drops, and I don't talk bad about people. But I'm going to tell you this. We have made the gospel of Jesus Christ a joke in some places. We have made it something that it truly is not. We have made it more of a demonstration, more of a presentation than the good news which needs to be said. Gospel truly means the good news. So we have Paul speaking right here just saying, I come to you to bring that. But when I did, I came trembling. I came before you in a place to where I was weak. But by the power of the Holy Ghost that's inside of me, I have the ability to bring forth the word that needed to be there by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this. If the gospel is being presented, the Holy Ghost will be present. My goodness, I could preach on that. That could be a message all in itself. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is being presented, then the Holy Ghost is going to show up. Because in the Word, it demonstrates and shows that the Holy Ghost would point people to Jesus. It never said that the Holy Ghost would take credit for being Jesus, that He would point people to Jesus, and that He would be the comforter. And that's what the Holy Ghost is. But sometimes in the house of God, we have worshipped, oh my goodness, I know I'm going to mess with us Pentecostals. We have worshipped the expression of the Holy Ghost and not looked at the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to come down here for a second. I need you to hear me. If all we have is shouting and running and clapping in tongues, and no one's getting saved. And no one's getting trans, mm, transformed by the power of God. All we're having is some type of meeting. We're just having a holy club that's getting together to make ourselves feel better about where we are. What we must do, the gospel of Jesus Christ must be presented everywhere that we go. If you look in the book of Acts. Yes, we see the demonstration of power, the dunamis power as we see it. The Greek word that where we get the word dynamite from. But the first thing that happens is the gospel goes forth. What happened when the day of Pentecost? They were all in one room in one accord. And then the Holy Ghost dropped down. And when they went out and when they started speaking in those other tongues, what was going forth? It was the gospel. It was the gospel. It wasn't just a word. Everybody wants a word for themselves nowadays. Everybody needs to know a word. Everybody needs to be able, what does the Lord have to say to me? How about you pick up your Bible and read it for yourself? Some people just need to understand that the word is standing right there in front of them. That you don't need to go to every prophet and prophetess to get a word. Some of you are going after fortune tellers and not God. And that is not the gospel. 
I know it's about to get quiet on this one. What is a good service? Because I've been at the restaurants before. I've heard it. We were at the altar and we cried and prayed until 1 p.m. And we just felt the glory of God come down. Well, amen. Who got saved though? Because I hear that. Well, we didn't even have preaching today. Well, okay. Amen. Who got saved? Whose life was changed? Because I love those type of services. But if we're just living in that type of stage, we're not living in the true gospel. We're wanting an outpouring and not a revival. I'm about to preach. But your seatbelt's on. You want to see the best outpouring you ever have? Let revival come first. Let true revival come first. Revival will change the hearts of the people to where they can receive the outpouring in a genuine way. We in the Pentecostal church have to be weary and careful of something. We will teach the mannerisms and not teach the God who gave the power. Did you hear me? Because I can shout, I can run, I can do all those things. I remember even the days where they took people to the altar or back rooms and taught them how to speak in tongues. Y'all remember those days. They don't do that as much anymore. I'm not going to do it because I'm always... Being raised in the church of God, you have a holy fear of even mimicking doing tongues. I didn't... Anybody that grew up Church of God, you knew that you were going to get in trouble. And I, but they would talk about a tie, and that's all I will say and how to tie it. And they would try to get you to repeat after them many, many times about how to tie a bow tie. And I said, no, no, that is not how you speak in tongues. That is not real. And we tried to teach people how to replicate the presence of God. Just because you see people acting out in church doesn't mean that's the true presence of God. Just because you see people acting like they're Pentecostal doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost has anything to do with it. Well, what I start in the flesh will go into the Spirit. Listen to me. I agree. Listen. Yes, if you're not feeling it, you need to praise anyway. But there are some people that don't get in the Spirit the whole time. And they're down here trying to pray for people that they shouldn't be praying for. They're down here trying to prophesy in someone's life when they got an issue in their own life that they need to work out. And we're wondering why the gospel's not going out. It's because we're messed up in the church. And we don't know what to do. The only way that we can get to where we need to be is if we get back to Jesus Christ. Then what is the gospel, Pastor? It was about a man that lived 33 and a half years that was all man and all God. I'm going to have to stop for a second. Do you know that it's being taught in Pentecostal churches that when Jesus came to this earth that he was all man but not all God? 
in Pentecostal churches is called the empty doctrine, where you read in the scriptures where he says he emptied himself. That is not true. That is not biblical. That is not scriptural. When Jesus was here on this earth, he was all man and all God in one being. When he was baptized by John, yes, he started operating in who he was more so as of God. And he was walking out the spiritualness and we saw more manifestations. But when he was four years old, playing with his brothers and sisters, he was still all God. When he was outside helping Joseph learn how to do carpentry work when he was in his teen years, guess what? He was still all God. So this whole theology that God, that Jesus was not all God while he was here, you need to throw that mess out. That's not scriptural. Why did you just stop on that? Because it's being taught. And if you are hearing that, you need to throw that theology out. So he was all God, all man. He lived 33 and a half years. He was of virgin birth. Do you know it's being taught even in some of our seminaries across this great country that Jesus was not of virgin birth? It's being taught that that is not what truly happened. It's being taught that Joseph is truly his father. Well, that's a lie. Amen. Some people have made the gospel about what they could believe and rationalize. If you read a little bit earlier there in 1 Corinthians 2 or 1 Corinthians 1, Paul basically says that he would preach these things because he knew that if he preached wisdom to the people that were full of wisdom, it wouldn't get to them. But if he would preach foolishness, it would confound the wise. Now, the gospel is not foolishness to us because we know it, but to this world it is foolish because it cannot be rationalized. How can a virgin woman give birth to a son? Only God can do it. When we have to rationalize Jesus Christ out, we cannot because He is God. Well, it doesn't make sense, Pastor. It just doesn't make sense. Now listen, I'm doing this more so for the people on the podcast because I know the majority of you believe that. Some of you on this podcast right now are saying, Pastor Mike, it just doesn't make sense. Guess what? God doesn't have to make sense because He made sense. Think about that. He does not have to go by the laws of gravity. He doesn't have to go by the laws of cause and effect because He is God. Because He can affect someone before they cause it to happen. Come on. He can heal someone. If you remember, there the guy by the pool of Bethesda. He could have got in those waters many years before, but the effect came and changed his life and healed him before the cause could get to him. I'm doing some good preaching right here. I'm just telling you. So we have that 33 and a half years. The last three and a half was his 
full-time ministry, if we want to call it that. Many miracles were being done. But then something happened. He was betrayed by one of his own. Judas Iscariot. He was at the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Judas came in and kissed him on the cheek. And they came in, and they take him out, and they took him back to where he would stand on trial. They beat him. They ridiculed him. They made fun of him. And then they took him before Pontius Pilate. And they said, we want you to take care of this man. We want you to make sure that this man does not claim to be the Son of God anymore. He's a blasphemer. And when that happened, if you remember Pontius Pilate says, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to deal with this. If you look at the different Gospels, it has the complete story of what happened. And he sent him off to Herod. And Herod says, can't you do a little miracle for me? Can't you do something for me? And then Herod sent him back. They were sending him back and forth because they knew there was no fault in this man. Come on. He even went, Pontius Pilate even went before the Jews in the Sanhedrin and said, I find no fault in him. Amen. Come on. But what do they scream and yell after that? Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. But when that happened, Pontius Pilate, what did he do with his hands? He washed his hands of that situation, thinking that he could. There was no way he could truly wash his hands of that. And then he was taken a crown of thorns with spikes and thorns this big. Look at me. Not little bitty thorns that we see on the thorn bush. It's so cute when we see little thorn bushes, roses that are placed. No, these things were this long. They said it was an inch to an inch and a half long. And it wasn't gently placed upon his head. It was pounded upon his head. They ripped his beard out. They placed a purple sash around him. To make fun of him. Saying hell the king of the Jews. Hell the king of the Jews. Then. They made him walk. All the way from the center of town. To Golgotha. The place of the skull. He was so tired along the way. That someone helped him out. And they continued to go. And when they got up to the hill. He was placed between two thieves. Pastor Mike, why we know all of this, but do we? Come on. He was placed between two thieves. Two people that committed sin. We forgot to talk about Barabbas. Barabbas was released to the people instead of Jesus because that's what the people wanted. A murderer, a thief. And so he is nailed to the cross. Raised up between two thieves. Ridiculed even more. There was a time where he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And then he says, I thirst. If you remember, they took the vinegar and placed it upon his lips. Anybody knows vinegar just makes you more thirsty. It dries you out. So they were trying to hurry the process of him passing. And then he said at the end, it is finished. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he died. When he died, there was an earthquake that I believe like there was no other around that area. The veil was torn in two. Do you know what that symbolized? That symbolized that a sacrifice was paid where man could go to God again. To where we didn't have to go into the temple or the tabernacle where the Holy of Holies was. That we didn't have to do incense like this as we were going in. That they didn't have to put the rope around our leg to pull us back out if we weren't holy enough. If we weren't truly cleansed enough. It separated so we could get access right to God again. But when He died, they put a spear up Him and blood and water flowed. If you know the medical reasons behind that, when someone dies, it separates. It is not together. It separates. Blood and water cannot be together anymore. It separates. They took him down, placed him in a borrowed tomb. The thing I loved about it was borrowed. He just needed to borrow it. And when they placed him in that borrowed tomb, his body was in there, wrapped up. But Jesus was on a mission. He got those keys to death, hell, and the grave. He was able to do that for us. He was able to conquer death to where death was no longer a master, that where death could no longer conquer us, but that we could step up to death one day with the power of the Holy Ghost inside of us. When we close our eyes on this side, we don't have to go to a place called paradise anymore. He made it very clear that if we are dead, if someone here is dead, we're with Him. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when we're with Him, He made that way. But then on that third day, what happened? He got up. He got up. He went out. And He made it to where we could walk in that same type of resurrection. But not only did He do that, He stayed on this earth for many days. Ministering and talking to his disciples and ministering to others. And then one day he was ascending into heaven and he told us these very things. Go ye into all the world and baptize those in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, making disciples. And lo, I am with you always until what? Until the end of this age or the world. He is going to be with us. He also says in another account that we shall be able to walk into many different giftings if we are a Christian or a believer. Come on. Come on. And then he went home. Because this earth was not his home. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this. Some of you might not agree with me, and I love you. Anything on top of that is just sugar. 
Anything on top of that is butter. Amen. Anything that's extra outside of that is just great. Has anybody in here ever had fries before? I think all of us have. Do you know what the best fries are? Well, they are. And Whataburger's got some good ones too. But my favorite fries, I'm just going to tell you the truth, are the ones that fall down in the bag that everybody forgets about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you reach down in there and you get them. That, that's what anything else outside the gospel is. It's just those extra fries that are good. The gospel is primary. The gospel is centric. If we do not preach what I just brought before you, now we don't have to labor it out as long as I just did, but what I'm trying to let you know, that is what the gospel is. We have something out there now called the prosperity gospel. That's not the gospel. Yes, I believe the God that God can prosper us. Yes. But I also know that it has nothing to do with the gospel. Because no. there are people in Africa living in huts right now that cannot give more than a chicken for tithes and offerings. And the Lord still blesses them and they're still saying they don't have a Bentley. They don't have a three-story mansion. And we're preaching that that is holy living if we have a three-story mansion, if we have an airplane and all those kind of things. That is just the fries at the bottom of the bag. We should not preach that that is important outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go ahead and say this too. We have people out there that are a part of the prosperity gospel that are teaching some things about healing that is not true too. I might make some of you mad. Please understand, I'm going by the Word. And I'm going by what I've experienced in my life. Just because someone has got an ailment upon their life doesn't mean that they're living in sin. Just because God doesn't heal them doesn't mean that God isn't a healer. We have got to quit promising healing to people and we've got to place it in God's hands. Because you can go up and pray for someone all day long, but if you don't have the faith to trust that Jesus can do it, you're not the one that can. Well, Pastor, I pray for this person to get healed over and over again. I'm going to say something. That's not told in the Pentecostal church, but it's a part of who we are in our doctrine. There's this thing called God's will. Amen. Amen. When I pray for someone, I come up to them. And I'm just going to use Sister Kay as an illustration. Lord, I pray that you heal her. But your will be done. And not mine. Come on. Come on. Having faith. That's not a give up prayer. Because I want God's will to be done. Can God heal everyone? Yes. But there are gimmicks that are going out in the gospel of Jesus Christ being presented as being a part of it. Not everybody has a leg longer than someone else. Amen. 
That's the number one thing being prayed for by these type of people. I see that you're limping. Yeah, I'm limping because yesterday I threw my knee out. There are some things that are just part of living. When we wake up in the morning and we feel like we're creaking out of bed, doesn't mean that God hasn't healed us. It just means our bones are getting a little old. It just means we might have to bust a big game there and pray that the Lord will heal us that day. Because I've gotten up before in the morning I've said, Lord, why am I stuck in this position? Y'all been there. But then the Lord helped you along the way. I've also, when I used to go to Jody and she'd get on to me. I'm going, my back's hurting, my back's hurting. Lord, I pray that you touch it. I pray that you touch it. She finally looked at me after about three hours. She was like, here's some Tylenol. Pray and believe. <laughs> Pray and believe, but take this Tylenol. And she said, Mike, you have to understand that God is the God of who you are. And He helped the people that made Tylenol. And guess what? If it helps you, you got to take it at times. Amen. And I felt bad about it because I was the person that would not take medicine. But if my back hurts now, I don't do it all the time. I take a cup of Tylenol. And guess what? Amen. Well, Pastor, well, Pastor, I, I just I don't believe what you're saying. Listen, God gave us healings, but He also gave us common sense. Some of us need to really live in that place called common sense a little bit more too, and we need to live in that place of the Spirit. I know it doesn't talk about common sense that much in the Scripture like it says, but when we're walking in the Spirit, I believe the Spirit will give us some common sense to live. Oh my goodness, I'm about to preach something. I've got away from my message completely. I'm on point one, y'all. We have too many people that are abusing spirituality. They're called spiritual hobos. I've seen this happen before. Someone sitting at home. Well, I'm trusting the Lord that I'll get that job. Well, what job? Well, there's a job I saw online. I said, well, did you apply for it? No, but the Lord will place it right before me. I still haven't got that job yet, Pastor. Pray that I'll get it. I said, have you went to the business and given them a resume? No, Pastor, I haven't. But God can do all things. And when people get very spiritual or trying to be spiritual, they whisper. And I'll say, yes, you can, but you can get in that car and go down there and put that resume in. And then they'll know that you're alive. And that you're a real person. You have got to understand that when we start spiritualizing anything outside the gospel, we look like fruitcakes. The gospel must be the reason for our spirituality. It cannot be for some weird thing that we're going through that month. I remember a gentleman that said, I am going to grow my beard out until Jesus comes back. I said, well, that's great. I said, keep on doing it. Amen. I said, he might be coming back at any time. I said, did the Lord really tell you that? I just feel like I need to. I said, well, keep on doing it, brother. 
his beard got down to here, and he finally said, well, I probably need to trim it. I said, but I thought the Lord told you to grow it out. Listen, guys. Pastor, you just made everything less spiritual. No, I didn't. I'm bringing it to the true spirit, who's the Holy Spirit, who's bringing it in. If we don't rein in some of this fruit loop kind of stuff, it's going to make the Pentecostal church look like we're crazy. Let them call us holy rovers. That's okay. Let them call us anything, but don't let them look at us as though we are crazy in that sense. Because I pray right now that we will have a sense about us within this church that people will know that the true God of the Bible, Jesus Christ Himself, the Holy Spirit will reign right here and that people won't say, well, you're just a bunch of Fruit Loops in a bowl. Now listen, I love Fruit Loops. I just don't want to be one. I don't want to be one, but I want to read exactly what the Scripture has to say. Back to the prosperity gospel and things of that nature. There's other things that are being taught out there. Do you know that it's being taught that you can go lay on someone's grave and soak their anointing out of them? It's called grave soaking. Did you know that? If I see any of you going to lay on a grave, I'm calling late for you. I'm just letting you know that. I love you, but if you go lay on a grave, that is not scriptural. Do you know where they get that from? Y'all probably know. When they threw Elisha in with the with the people, uh, with Elisha. No, when they threw the dead body in with Elisha, and that miracle happened, they took something out of context. If you go do that, more power to you. But that ain't scriptural. We have people doing things that are against what God's trying to do. There have been revivals that have been strictly for healing. And you never see anybody get saved. The God I know would save people too. Oh, we got quiet then. That's exactly right. That's what he said every single time to him. When they would get healed, many times he would say, get up and go sin no more. Part of these, and we'll call them what they're called, faith healers, will pray for someone and never present the gospel. The first thing I'm going to do is say, hey, I know you're sick, but can I tell you something? I want to tell you about Jesus. And then I'm going to pray for you. God never intended, and you can write this down if you want to, God never intended for the house of God to be a magic show. God never called me to be David Copperfield. Even though I'm better looking than he is. And I might wear some of his outfits one day if y'all really want me to. I'm not. But what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes we get caught up in that. Well, what's going to happen different today? What's going to happen different today? Yes, we need to have an expectation that God will save, God will heal. But if we're coming for the pony show, we're coming for the wrong reasons. 
If we're coming to hear the worship leader who is the most anointed person in all the land being up here leading worship, we're here for the wrong reasons. If we're coming to hear the pastor who knows how to bring the Word of God, who can raise his leg like this and extend it like this. I have short old legs, so I can't do it as much. And if we're coming for those type of things, we've missed it. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. Because outside of Jesus, nothing else matters. Outside of Jesus, if we're doing the things that we're doing, if He is not real, it's all a scam. I want to read Ephesians 2 and 4 to you. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, listen, He made us alive together with Christ by grace, <laughs> come on, which you have been saved, and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that anyone can boast. Sister Red, I will say it right this time. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You hearing the gospel, He set that up for you. You walking in here, saved, that was a gift that was freely given to you. I need you to hear me, and I need you to hear me good in this house. If any of you were saved through what you did, you need to come back to this altar. If you came to this altar with the Holy Ghost not pulling upon your heart and you whispered a prayer, you need to come back to this altar. Come on. Because I'm telling you, it is Jesus in you that changes you. Come on. It is when He regenerates a soul back to life to where they can hear the Gospel, to where they can respond. And then when we come down and we are justified by Jesus Christ, that is the trueness of the gospel. That is the true acceptance of who He is. There are people that are teaching that the gospel includes works. Pastor, didn't you just read Faith Without Works is Dead last week? Yes, I did. But if you listen to me, I said that it's the fruit of the believer that's the works. You are saved by faith alone. Amen. You are not saved by what you do. Listen to me. I need you to hear me, Pentecostals. You are not saved by anything else but through Him. It is not through your service, even though that's amazing. It's not through what you do here on Sunday, even though that's great. It is through Him and faith in Him by His grace, which none of us deserves. We must understand that none of us deserve to hear the gospel. But it's through that faith in Him that changes us. 
I heard someone talking on a Facebook forum. The only way you could truly be saved. Now listen. I need you to hear me before I say this. Pentecostal. Tongue talker. Devil stalker. But I have to be scriptural when somebody says something. Someone says, for you to be saved, you have to speak in tongues. No. We like you to be full of the Holy Ghost as far as baptism. But that's not what saves you. Pentecostals, listen to me. Tongues do not save you. If you speak in more tongues, that doesn't mean you're more saved. I'm going to go ahead and say this because Paul said this in Corinthians. He says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I would still say I'd rather you prophesy. What does that mean? He's saying, I would rather you share who I am if you're just going to continue to work in this, if it's just going to be something that just happens without fruit coming from it. Tongues should always have fruit if it's in this house. Amen. Tongues cannot just be an expression. It has to be something that changes things. Amen. Well, tongues, it says in the Scriptures, for the edifying of yourself. Well, when you speak in tongues and when you pray in tongues, something should be changing in your life. If you could come in here and pray in tongues and go cuss your kids out. If you can pray in tongues and you're a Debbie Downer, you're down here just praying away in the Holy Spirit, and then you can't speak one thing nice about somebody. If you're down here praying in the Spirit and all you do is gossip, quit. Because you're making the Holy Spirit a joke. But if the Holy Spirit inside of you when He comes through you, when He speaks through you, if it's edifying and changing you from inside out, my goodness, keep on doing it. If you have the gifting of message in tongues, you do it when the Spirit comes upon you. If you have the, uh, the giftings of interpretation, you do it. Come on in Jesus' name. We need that to return to the church in the order that it's supposed to be in. We also need to make the gospel the centerpiece of it all. I know that I've spoke a lot. Sister Rita, if you'll come up, I want to read one more scripture to you this morning. My goodness, I've been preaching for 45 minutes. See, this is not good to have this up here. It's reminding me that I am long-winded. But it's helping me close. Hallelujah. Can someone say... Now, Sister Desi, <laughs> that was the loudest, the loudest amen, but I thank you. 2 Timothy 4 and 3. 2 Timothy 4 and 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. It will turn away from listening to the truth the truth is the gospel, and wander off into myths. We're in that day and time. People have gotten teachers for themselves to make them feel better. 
I'm going to go ahead and say some things that might be a little painful, but hold on. If you are getting your spirituality from Oprah, stop. If you are getting your spiritual food from people's books and you're not reading the Word of God, stop. If all you ever want is something outside the gospel, stop. Well, Pastor, how does that separate us from other fellow believers? This is how. That yes, other believers believe that gospel is centric. But we have the ability to walk in that second baptism that helps us along the way. I want to ask you this question. Our Methodist brothers, our Baptist brothers, our Episcopalian brothers, our people that call upon the name of Jesus to be saved, are they saved? if they believe by faith through grace. If you're listening right now to this recording, you say, Pastor Mike, I would never darken the doors of a Pentecostal church. Well, come on anyway. Come on anyway. We would love for you to be here. But if you went to a Baptist church and you gave your heart to Jesus, you're our brother and our sister. You listened to the same gospel that we did. The same Holy Ghost was able to come to you and change your life. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor Mike, I've heard the gospel and I know some things need to change. I know that I need to get my life right. This is what I want you to do. It's been presented. At this time, as Sister Rita, if you don't mind leading us in a song, singing, I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, or if you need to rededicate your life to Him, I'm standing right here to greet you right where you are. If that's you, I'm going to give you a couple moments. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just come at this time. Walk down this way if that's you.
just gave her life to Jesus Christ. Come on, can we put our hands together? While they're praying for her, I want you to hear me. If the true gospel is presented, this is the fruit of it. Do you hear me? If the gospel is being presented, this is the fruit of it and will always be of it. Amen. I want David to come down. I want us to pray for David. David's about to get ready to go to uh, over to Guam and some other places as well. I don't see my old, but the Lord is still the Lord. If I can get some good Holy Ghost filled men to come behind me and pray for him. He's got to go over and work in Guam and he's got to go to Texas and uh, we just want him to be safe. He's been gone from this area. Uh, he's going to be gone for quite a bit. But he just got back from Texas. And you know when you when you miss your house, when you miss your church, we just need to pray for him. And if you'll just come right here, David, we're going to let these men. Lord, we just pray for David right now in Jesus' name that you just cover him right now, Lord. Lord Jesus, you touch him, Lord, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for everything that you have let us walk in. We praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, this is what I pray. This is what I pray. It's even crazy. I know he's been sent out to work. But I pray that you send him out for ministry. <laughs> I pray that when he's around those people, they'll say, there's something different about that man. They want to know why he's happy, why the things are going on. And I pray that you'll use him and utilize him in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in this house? Come on. All right, we're going to pray right now. And we're going to pray and believe right now in Jesus' name that Jesus touch right now. Let pain go away right now. Brother Larry, sigh. We know that you're a healer. But like we said earlier, let your will be done, which I know that you can heal. And I know that you can do it. And I believe in my faith. But we place it in your hands, God. Jesus. Where you tell us in James chapter 5 to bring the elders together to pray. In Jesus' name, heal. Heal. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Come on. Don, I want to get you and your team, whoever's helping you next week, to come down here real quick. If you're helping Don next week, I'm not trying to point you out or bring you out. But we're believing God for something huge next week. This is one of the very first things that we're going to start doing to reach our community. Do you believe it? This is what I want you to do. I want you to start praying for these guys right now. Start praying and believing. We're going to see homeless people saved next week. We're going to see homeless people to where we can help them get back in a home. I'm saying that in Jesus' name. We're going to have homeless people that need a job, that we're going to be able to find them a job in Jesus' name. But the gospel will be the number one thing that goes along with the spaghetti that's going out. Lord, I pray for each one of them right now, Jesus. 
and that you utilize them and touch them. Let them understand that they're coming together as a team. Lord, even though there is a team lead, Lord Jesus, she even knows that the glory goes to you, which I love that about her. And I pray that you touch them and utilize them in Jesus' name. And we'll thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. If you agree, next week is going to be something that's going to transform lives. Put your hands together. Come on. All right. Let me ask you a question. You still love me? You let the Word change you? You let the Word speak to you? Is it something that can change your life? Amen. Jalissa, we love you. We mean that. If you're new today, I want to meet you right back here to the back, which is to your left and to my right. Just want to see you just for a few moments. If you are part of the float team, we're going to be meeting here. Mary can go ahead and get the float talked about. If you're a part of that team also, come meet back here where Mary is. Mary, if you put your hand up in the air. If you say, I want to do something fun and be a part of the Christmas float and share the gospel that way, come and see Mary. We're going to have a good time. Let's stand to our feet and I'm going to bless you on your way out. Lord Jesus, I pray that you bless them and keep them all. Lord, I pray that you'll use them for ministry, that you'll do it in such a way, God, that we can give you all the credit and glory for every bit of it that's done. Lord, I thank you for what you have done in this church and for what you're going to continue to do. We seal it all up in your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, Arden Smith. If you're brand new, I'd like to see you back here in the back. 10 o'clock Saturday. If you have any of the desserts, come see Dawn. She'll be here 10 o'clock Saturday. Or if you have crock pots, come see Mary. If you're going to do the float, I'll be with y'all in a minute.